Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Okay, so remember in Ezekiel chapter 11, um, we're looking back and what we saw last week is we come to chapter 11, you saw back in chapter 10 is this slow withdrawal of the Holy Spirit. See, we looked at the throne of God as well as the cherubim. Remember the cherubim, just this incredible view. And he mentions to them in chapter one, and again, he mentions and references them in chapter 10. And But the one thing that stuck with me all week, guys, is this sort of reluctant withdrawal of God from the temple. Just this reluctance, like, if you'll repent, I, I want to be your God, and no, okay, and, and he'll step back just a little bit. And again, let me quickly remind you that the Lord slowly moves away from idolatry and the wickedness that's going on in the temple. And I find it very interesting because, remember, the, the elders were doing this wickedness in the dark. Nobody could see him, and so, and so here, all of a sudden, but, but the Lord can see. And I love it. I love the heart of God in our lives because he doesn't want to leave. And if Israel would just repent, then he would come back. But here's the one thing. I know that we're seeing it in our churches today. We're seeing it, and I use the word churches lightly. We're seeing it in our churches where God is not there anymore. Church, listen to me. Let me admonish you. Please be careful with what you allow in your lives. Just because it's deemed Christianity does not mean it's the God of the Bible. Be very, very careful. Oh, well, this guy was so, he's so funny. He was so, just be careful because, because it's a little deception that sucks you in. And so we have to be careful. We have to be careful of sports figures coming out and going, I'm a believer. Are they a believer? You have to be so careful because, again, you got to think about it. The, the Holy Spirit is starting to depart a lot of these churches and what pastors and, and, and all of us should be doing is making sure that we don't have anything in our lives that's an abomination to him. Now, let me say this, okay? Let me give you disclosure. I understand that we sin. I get that. We stumble, we fall, we don't want to, we struggle with it. There's this inner civil war. Your spirit wants to worship God. There's tears coming down, but your flesh sometimes sins. I get that. But there has to be this, oh, I don't want to do this. Oh, oh. Not a full-on abomination to God. And the churches began to what? They're beginning to forsake the worship and the word of God. They're not going into the words. Now, you also need to be careful from pastors and preachers and televangelists and all of that that would come and, and tell you a story from the word of God and then, and then springboard into something that he wants to talk about. I get that. But it's not the Bible. He's not teaching you the Bible. The second thing that jumped out, guys, is it's, it's a little more personal. And it's something that you and I, as we, as we walk through everyday life, this could happen into the heart of the people. The slow removal of the Holy Spirit from our lives. You go, wow, seriously? Now, again, it's not a salvation issue. Oh, the Holy Spirit is going, Ben, if you'll just repent, but you won't. So I'm, it's, a, it's a relationship issue, guys. It's not a salvation. It's a relationship. How's, how's your walk with God? Is it that closeness and that intimacy and where you're just like, man, I'm walking with God? Or, or are you feeling a little bit dry, a little bit in a desert, a little bit like, and again, we have to make no mistake. God is so amazing, but who moved? And a lot of times we don't realize we're moving, but some of the things that we've allowed in our hearts through our eye gate and our ear gate and whatever we've allowed, the Holy Spirit goes, no, 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 no. And, and I love the fact that for me, he's put a lot of agents of stop in my way. So I don't, so I don't, he doesn't want to leave. And so we have to be really, really careful. And tonight and last week, we talked about him calling us back to repent, to turn from which is dry and which is lonely. 
But let me say this to you, and you can see it again tonight. It's a battle. You know, it's a battle. To walk close to God is a battle, church. And the enemy is not going to go, oh, I'm so sorry, you had a bad hair day, I'll leave you alone. He's coming after you 24-7. He, he wants to stumble you. The enemy knows the word of God, church, and he knows the fact that this, listen, the enemy knows the word of God and he goes, listen, if I can get you to worship other things, then I know the Holy Spirit will have a slow withdrawal from your life and you will not have that fulfilled, amazing Christian life. You won't have the joy of the Holy Spirit. You won't have the peace. It'll be a struggle. And I bet, listen to me, church, I bet that's why some of our walks are like this. We're on the top of the mountain, and then we drop, 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 drop. And then we come up, and we're on the top of the mountain, and we drop, 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 drop. Lord, what's in my heart? What's in my heart? The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Renewing of your mind. What are, we, what are we renewing our minds with, church? What are we renewing our minds with? So he's asking us, come back. Come back. And I love the good news. Why? Because he stands with his arms open right, and he says, return to the Lord and be filled once again. Let me ask you this very quick. Just as a side note, not even my notes. Have you been filled with God's Spirit today? If you go, well, it's been a long day. Just ask him. Lord, fill me once again with your Spirit. I'm sorry. Lord, tonight, reveal to me the things that are taking uh, precedence, Lord, that, are, that I've made ultimate. Please come back and fill us. Now, keep this in mind. Oftentimes, we leave God, listen to me, no choice because of our choice. Let me say that again. Oftentimes, we leave God no choice because of our choice. How so? Well, the elders were hiding and worshiping idols in the dark, thinking no one could see. They felt like God has been removed, and yet in their choice, it leaves God no choice. And he will back away in hopes that we'll repent. Well, today doesn't get any brighter, church. In Ezekiel 11 through 15, judgment is coming. If you recall in your mind, Jeremiah is prophesying in Jerusalem. Ezekiel is prophesying in Babylon. They're contemporaries. And so um, we've got a lot to cover. Let's jump in. In your notes, you can put a slow withdrawal of the Holy Spirit, and then you can put a subtitle, Judgment on the Wicked Counselors. Okay, picking it up, uh, Ezekiel 11, verse 1. Then the Spirit lifted me up and brought me to the east gate of the Lord's house, which faces eastward. And there at the door of the gate were 25 men. Among them was Jezaniah, the son of Azur, and Pelatua, the son of Benaiah, princesses of the people. Now, at first read, that doesn't mean anything to us other than there's 25 men. But I want you to underline and just make a note of this guy named Pelatiah. Pelatiah, because he's going to show up here just a little bit. But here's the, here's the scene. We have 25 men. And here's the problem. These guys are wicked, and they're sitting there at the gate of the temple. The gate. They're wicked. How so? Well, look at verse 2. And he said to me, son of man, these are the men who devise iniquity and give wicked counsel in the city. Well, what are they saying, Lord? Verse 3. The time is not near to build houses. This city is a keldron, and we are the meat. And you go, okay, wow. This is just interesting. Now, now here, here's the rap. Stay with me. They say to the people, hey, hey, listen, calm down. Is it not a good time to build houses? Hey, everything is great. Listen, listen, listen. The city is like an iron pot, and we're safe inside it, just like the meat in the pot. And he's, he, he, here's, the, here's the visual. You've got this big culture in this pot. He says, put the meat in there and the meat... You've got the pot that's kind of securing him. And I find it a, an interesting illustration. Why? Because here's what you can write down. What, what these false guys are saying in the city is that, hey, we're secure. Things are good. Things are really good. We're secure. We're like the meat in the pot, man. We're, nobody can hurt us. We've got these walls. We're, we're really good. And I started to think about that. Think about these 25 men who are 
who are devising wickedness. And I thought, how? Well, I thought in, this could be us in so many ways. You go, what do you mean? Well, I think of America when I read this. And I think, you know what? America can sit there and go, hey, we've always been a Christian nation. Our founding fathers, we're always Christians. We're secure. It says so in our Pledge of Allegiance. One nation under God, thumbs up, let's go. Let's go. But even in a more personal note, think about this. Many people can, can feel secure. Many can people feel like the meat in the cauldron by saying, well, I was brought up as a Christian. My grandpappy was a pastor, and my dad was a pastor, and things are good at home, and I'm being blessed. Guys, I've had this exact conversation with somebody who is actually living contrary to God's word and was telling me, hey, I'm blessed. God hears my prayer. Things are good. How do you explain that, pastor? Well, let's see what God says. Therefore, prophesy against them. These are those 25 men. Prophesy, O son of man. The spear of the Lord fell upon me. Remember that? There it is upon him again. It would come and go. And he said to me, speak thus says the Lord. Thus you have said, O house of Israel, for I know the things that come into your mind. You have multiplied your slain in this city and you have filled the streets with slain. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, your slain whom you have laid in the midst, they are meat and the city is the cauldron, but I shall bring you out of the midst of it. You have feared the sword? I will bring a sword upon you, says the Lord God. I will bring you out of the midst and deliver you into the hands of strangers and execute judgments on you. You shall fall by the sword, I will freely judge you on the border of Israel. Then you know that I am the Lord. Your attention, please think about what's going on here. He's, the, these 25 wicked men are sitting at the gate going, hey, this is a good time for us to build the house. Hey, don't worry about it. We're, we're secure. Things are good. It's okay. Don't worry. I don't know what this crazy crackpot of Ezekiel is saying, but we're good. And the Lord comes back and he says, you think you're good. I'm afraid it's not going to be that way. You see, this fierce judgment is coming from God, and you're not as secure as you think. As a matter of fact, think about this. All God has to do when it comes to this illustration is turn up the heat on the pot. What happens to the meat? It gets cooked. And that's what he's saying. He goes, you think you're secure? I'm going to turn up the heat. Don't think about it. Your goose is cooked, Israel. Come on. And the Lord is telling him this, listen, you have this false security. And, and, and listen to me. Think about these 25 men who are wicked. I mean, and, he, and here's what he's saying. But that's what, that's what wickedness will do. It will give you a false security that's not real. I'm good. Okay. I want to live my life. And this is what he's saying. And he says, the city, oh, it's an iron pot, all right. But the pieces and the meat, guys, they're victim of your injustice. As for you, he says, I'm going to drag you out of this pot. He says, I'm going to bring a sword of war that you so greatly fear. Think about it. The very things that they were afraid of, God's coming in through Ezekiel and going, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. You're afraid of war? I'm going to, I'm going to pronounce war. You're afraid of the sword? You're afraid of getting killed? This is what I'm going to do. Now, here's what I wrote in my Bible. I said, this is not good. This is not a good situation. Because notice verse 10 with me, guys. Verse 10, the Lord says, I will judge at the border of Israel and that you will know I am the Lord. In your words, you won't, in other words, you won't be protected. He says, I am the Lord. Now, you go, okay. When King Nebuchadnezzar, under siege, if you will, went and pronounced judgment, right? You have, you have three deportations over an 11-year time span. Here's what he would do. Nebuchadnezzar, this powerful king, would bring his captives out to the borders, okay? 
in the border of Israel, and there he would execute judgment on them. There's where he would kill them. Okay, wrap your minds around this. When he did this to Israel, he took some to Babylon. He killed a lot. He scattered many, but all in all, it left the land of Israel desolate and dry. Oh, you had a few stragglers there. You had a few people who were marked by God. But nonetheless, church, listen, many of them were killed. They were pulled out of the border. And it says here, right? He says, I'm going to judge you at the border of Israel. Now think about this. If this was before it happened, here's what you're doing. Please, please. But I think in our world today, this is what you and I do. Hey, Jesus is coming back soon. Please, we've been hearing that for years. Where is this Jesus of yours? I thought he'd be back by now. Come on. He's coming. God's word is true. God's word is true. You see, he told us he was coming. He just didn't tell us when he was coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's on his way. I just don't know the day. I don't know the hour. I don't want to know the day or the hour. I just want to know that his word is true. His word is true. Verse 11, the city shall not be your cauldron. You're not going to be protected there, nor shall the meat be in the midst. I will judge you at the Israel of border. He says that once again. And then in verse 12, notice what he says. You shall know, what, what Lord, that I am the Lord. For you, Israel, have not walked in my statues nor executed my judgments, but have done according to the custom of the Gentiles, which are all around. Now, here's what you need to write in your Bibles. Although he's pronouncing judgment, and it is a harsh judgment, the Lord always tells them what they did wrong. Why? Because in a way, he's saying, hey, you need to repent. You need to turn from that sin. And he says, here's the problem, guys. He says, you refused to obey me. You refused. You refused my word. You would rather copy the evilness of the nations around you than to obey me. That's what he said. Wow. And here's the problem. This one really cuts deep. This one really convicts. Now, let me remind you, conviction from the Holy Spirit is a beautiful thing. It's something we go, amen, oh, oh. Guilt is a whole nother thing, but this one convicts. Why? Well, think about this. Israel right now in Ezekiel is God's wife. It's almost like we claim to be Christians, but live like the world. Do you see that there? Many people claim to be Christians, but live like the world, and they don't have any remorse. Read it again, guys. He says, you're going to know that I'm the Lord. Well, how, Lord? He says, because you haven't walked in my statue. You haven't executed my judgments. You're my wife, and you haven't done any of this. As a matter of fact, here's what you've done. You've walked according to the custom of the Gentiles that are all around you. You're following after other gods. Church, listen to me. I think this is a great application for us and we can see the heart of God. Make sure we're not allowing the world to infiltrate our hearts and our walks. We don't need to be like the world to reach the world. We need to be more like Jesus. Now check this out, verse 13. Now it happened while I was prophesying, okay, that Palatii, the son of Benaniah, died. Do <laughs> you, you, you see that? Here he is giving this prophecy, and he says, hey, I saw, I saw this dude, and I saw this dude, and while I was pronouncing, he fell dead. It goes on to say, then I fell on my face and cried with a loud voice and said, ah, oh, Lord God, will you make a complete end of the remnant of nation? But let's camp out for just a moment here. Why? Because this blows my mind. Here Ezekiel is prophesying, he's seeing this thing, he goes, here's these guys, and while I was prophesying, while I was preaching, the dude fell dead. Now, I think, honestly, at Calvary Chapel Lubbock, if I was preaching, 
And someone came up in here and I was really laying down. I was saying, hey man, you need Jesus and you need... And, when, and I was just laying it down and then somebody just fell dead, I'd freak me out. I'd be like, whoa! It would get our attention, wouldn't it? Especially if I was pronouncing judgment on them. You 25 guys over here, you're going to... Ah, now, now, and again, that just, that just that tripped me out. Why? Because I would imagine that would freak some people out. I don't think I've ever been in a church service where somebody died. Now, I was in a church where uh, Sister Brassfield, she was, I think, 150 at least. <laughs> I am not kidding you. She had to be. And on Christmas Eve, she came to church, on Christmas, small little church, Spanish Assemblies of God, my best friend, you, you've met him. And we walked in, and there was an ambulance. We're like, what? Well, she died on the pew on Christmas Eve. That's the only one I've ever known. But it wasn't wickedness, okay? That was, let's just make that clear. But she was old, and that's the best way to go. I thought, Christmas Eve, go home with the Lord? <laughs> Amen. Amen. But I've never seen it. To where here's my point. You ready? I think that the next line should have been, and the people repented after Israel spoke. He says, but we, we don't read that, do we? We don't read that. The people here refuse to repent, even though someone dies, to be honest with you, it doesn't even phase them. It doesn't even phase them. And then now I'm catapulted into thinking, our world, there's all kinds of signs that the Lord is coming back, and it doesn't phase people anymore. It doesn't phase them. All the signs, and you go, what do you mean? Guys, we've been a church for 20 years, and for 20 years I've been preaching even prophetic scripture. I've taught Revelation two times, and, and you know, you, before 2020 and now, we talk about the mark, we talk about you know, um, the Antichrist coming. We talk about all of these things. We talk about control. We talk about Matthew 24, where he says, don't be deceived. We talk about all of that. And it isn't until now where people are kind of going, hey, you might have something there. But they're not repenting. They're not repenting. You see, prior to 2020, when I, I didn't know what the mark would be. I mean, go back all the way some of you older folks in here, whenever you saw, we, we wondered what the mark would be. Was it a tattoo? Bzzz, you know, we saw movies with this, like bzzz, this tattoo. We go, oh, is that the mark? I'm not getting that tattoo. First it was a tattoo, and then it was this, and then it was that, and then it was this, all right. And, and, we, and, and technology has come so far. We don't know what it is, but we know they can do it, can't they? We know that it's very, with technology today, guys, I mean, think about this. Think about this. We have, we have, and this blows my mind, we have things like the World Economic Forum, okay, who are very anti-God. We have the World Health Organization, and I'm telling you right now, prior to 2020, I was like, I don't know what it's going to be like. I hope I'm not here. Now I'm going, wow, you can see it shaping. Here's the point. Can you not see it shaping, church? Could you not see the control with COVID? Could you not see how it divided the body of Christ? Could you not see all of the things that's going on, and yet people aren't repenting? People aren't coming to Jesus. My prayer is that we would have another great awakening where the Holy Spirit of God would fall fresh on people and they'd have a hunger for God. And they would repent and they would go, wow, wow. I think it's time for people to repent. I don't want somebody to be listening to this via podcast and it's all over and it's too late. It's too late. But I love the Lord's heart why? Because in the midst of judgment, guys, you can see there's hope for Israel. Look at verse 14. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, your brethren, your relatives, your countrymen, and all the house of Israel is entirely, and are those whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, Get far away from the Lord. This land has been given 
to us as a possession. In other words, the people are saying, the people are far from the Lord, so now he has given us their land. You can see what they're doing. Well, in just a few minutes, we're going to see God's going to be this amazing sanctuary, this amazing oasis in the desert for Israel. But when I read this, you know where my mind went? My mind went to the rapture of the church. Why? Because think about this, guys. Think about when we hear that trumpet and we're gone. Think about this, right? All of a sudden, what are people going to say? Oh, oh, I don't know what happened. I think aliens got him. But, my, but Jesse's got a nice house, so he's not coming back. I think I'm going to take his house. Oh, well, Joe's got a nice house. You know, you, you see, we're leaving everything, and they can have it. Can I get an amen? amen. But that's what they're saying. They're going, I don't know. Uh, oh, oh, I know what it is. It wasn't aliens. It was Mother Earth. Mother Earth just, you know, she just spit people out. She's tired of all the, wait, what? Even though you and I, we've talked about this a hundred times, even though we're here sick and we're ready to go home, God brings just some great grace in our lives for the here and now. Look at verse 16. Therefore, he says, thus says the Lord God, what Lord? Although I have cast them far off among the Gentiles, yep. And although I have scattered them among the countries, yes, Lord. Notice what he says and underline this. Yet I shall be a little sanctuary for them in their countries where they have gone. Oh, isn't that the great thing? That's the Lord's heart right here. I love the heart of the Lord. Why? He says, even though you're not home yet, listen, Calvary, even though you're not home yet, he says, I'm still going to be with you. I'm still going to walk with you. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm going to be a little sanctuary, and that's what I need. We need those little sanctuaries. And here's what you need to do, guys. Always remember those little times of refreshing, even in a dark and ugly world. You go, ah. When's a time of refreshing? It's a beautiful Wednesday night when you can crawl up in the lap of the Lord and you can worship and then you can get, you can get fed the word of God. That's a sanctuary. God's still with us. Right now, we have the beautiful privilege and the luxury of being able to meet as a body. I wonder if that's going to be taken from us someday. Let us not forsake what God is doing now. (sighs) Therefore, says the Lord God, I will gather you from the peoples, assemble you from the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. Now, this is key, okay? This is key. Why? Because here's what God is saying. God is saying, listen, okay, I've scattered you. I'm a little sanctuary. I'm going to call you home. I'm going to call you home. Now, what you need to know is you need to underline here, I will give you the land of Israel. Underline that. You go, why is that important? Because after 70 years, do you remember Daniel is reading the scriptures? He's reading Jeremiah. He goes, we get to go home. Not everybody went back to Israel. Many stayed in Babylon. Babylon, Many people were scattered. A remnant went back after 70 years. So what was the prophetic God is saying? It didn't happen until 1948. 1948, God established and brought them back as a nation. And even today, guys, I did a study on this a while back. Even today, there are more people going back saying, I don't know why I'm Jewish. I just got to go home. Go home. I'm going to butcher the numbers, so I'm just going to give you a roundabout. In 1948, there was about 200,000 people living in Jerusalem. Today, there's over 9 million. So, the, so, so here's the point. The Lord says, I'm going to give you the land of Israel. I'm going to give you that. And he fulfilled it. Now, think about this. Ezekiel was written about 571 B.C., but the nation of Israel had already been established way before that. Your point, Pastor? Don't let the news try to tell you anything different. Israel has always been Israel. And even here, 571 BC, he says, you're still a nation and I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to bring you back. Can I get an Amen.
Verse 18. And they will go there and they will take away all the detestable things and all the abominations. I love this. Why? Because think about this. Think about this. What's the Lord doing? He's bringing judgment, but, but there's some chastisement. Anybody like to be spanked? No. But sometimes, guess what he says? He says, and they're going to go there. They're going to go home, right? And they will take away all its detestable things and the abominations from there. And here's what I wrote down. Sometimes we need to be chastised to rid our lives of the detestable things. I love the fact, because New Testament correlation, God spanks those he loves. God spanks his children. Now, I'm not, I don't want to be spanked, Jesse. I don't want to be spanked, but if I need to be spanked because I'm doing something, listen, that's causing the Holy Spirit to, to back away from me. Oh, okay. Now, I don't want to be spanked. I need to repent and, and, and notice it now. Go, okay, ah, forgive me, Lord, forgive me. But sometimes, sometimes the Lord will spank us because he loves us. Very quick illustration, if you ever had a little one, and you had a little one who you've told no several times, and you said, don't touch that, and you had boiling water on the stove, and they disregarded you, you were going to spank them because you knew the consequences of boiling water would be far more fatal than your spanking. But you spanked them because you loved them, not because you were mean or awful or ugly. Verse 19, then I will give them one heart, oh, and I will put a new spirit within them, and I will take their stony heart out of their flesh. Notice, they got a heart of stone right now, and give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statues, keep my judgments, and do them. And they shall be a people, and I will be their God. What's the point, guys? The point is to bring them into a real, deep, honest relationship with the Lord. Verse 21. But as far as those hearts follow the desire of the detestable things and their abomination, he says, I will recompense their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. So the cherubim lifted up their wings with the wheels beside them. The glory of God in Israel was high above them. And now, notice, this is sad. And the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood on the mountain. Guys, if you have a pencil handy, circle that word for mountain, which is on the east side of the city. This is known as the Mount of Olives. And I'll tell you what made me sad today. What made me sad today is that we were supposed to be in Israel today. We were supposed to fly out yesterday and we were supposed to be in Israel today had October 7th never happened. And I was just walking through the site going, oh man, this is what we were supposed to be. We're supposed to be there. Here's the point. That when he says mountain, he's talking about the Mount of Olives. And ah, I just, I just, man, this is really, really cool. Now, check this out. According to the Talmud, the Talmud is the body of Jewish civil and ceremonial law. Now, here's what you need to know. Let me give you a disclosure. I can't prove this. I can't prove this. I just read this, and I thought it was interesting. You go, what happened? According to the Talmud, they said when this happened, the presence of the Lord left the temple, and it hovered over the Mount of Olives. Guess for how long? According to the Talmud, three and a half years. Just there, before it was taken to heaven. And I thought, wow, you know what? The home base, really, when Jesus was in Jerusalem, was on the Mount of Olives. He'd go up to the top, he'd see Mary and Martha and Lazarus, he'd, he'd hang out there, he'd pray and everything. And, and I thought, how long was his ministry? About three and a half years. What happened after that? He was taken out. Now you go, Ben, where, where is that? I can't prove it. I heard, I read. I just wonder. That's pretty cool if it is, isn't it? But notice what he says. And the glory of the Lord went from the midst of the city and stood at the mountain. Now, here's the thing. I don't want the glory of the Lord to leave our lives. I don't want the glory of the Lord to do that. He goes on and he says, And the Spirit took me up and brought me in a vision by the Spirit into the Chaldea, to those in captivity. So now he's taking him back to Babylonia. And the vision that I seen went up from me and spoke to those in captivity all the things that Lord has shown me. So he's going back and he's going, okay, here's, here's what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. Now, chapter 12, here comes the, 
signs of the coming exile. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, you dwell in the midst of what? Of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see, but does not see, ears to hear, but does not hear. Why? For they're a rebellious house. And, I, and, and, and you know what jumped out? Again, I can't help but think of the United States of America, guys. We are getting more and more and more rebellious. Rebellious. We are getting more and more anti-God. And I don't know if you noticed on this past Sunday in the Super Bowl and some of the people up drinking in the, out there and, and flashing Satan signs and upside-down crosses and all this stuff, we are we're rebellious. We're rebellious. Football cannot be football anymore. It's changed. But no, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Verse 3, Therefore, son of man, yes, Lord, prepare your belongings for captivity and go into captivity. Okay? Go into captivity by the day in their sight, and you shall go from the place of captivity into the other place in their sight. It may be that they will consider, though they are a rebellious house, by day you shall bring out your belongings in sight, and through going into captivity, and evening you shall go in their sight like those who go into captivity. Well, what else should I do, Lord? Because this is pretty freaky anyway. You want me to you want me to just pretend I'm going into captivity so they can see me? Yes. And as a matter of fact, dig through the wall in their sight and carry your belongings out through it. What wall is he talking about? Well, he's not talking about the wall there in Jerusalem. That would take forever. Guess what wall he's talking about? He's talking about the wall of his house. And he says, dig in the wall of his house. Okay. And, and I just wonder, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine the kid? Dad, what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm digging. Does mom know? No, don't tell her. You know, she's going to be mad, right? I'm digging a hole in the wall. But there's a reason. Why? Verse 6. In their sight, you shall, you shall what? You shall bear them on your shoulders, carry them out at twilight. You shall cover your face so that you cannot see the ground. For I have made you, Ezekiel, a sign into the house of of Israel. Okay, you want to know what this is? In your Bibles, you can write this. This is a video illustration. Okay, he's getting the attention of those who are rebellious. They have stopped listening to the word of God, and now he's trying to what? He's trying to get them, wake up. So, so what does Ezekiel have to do? He has to actually act out what's about to happen. And I bet, I mean, could you imagine? You see this dude, this, I mean, pastor... You know, start acting out this crazy stuff. And it'd be like, oh, there's Ben. He's that crazy pastor that's walking around in captivity, you know. What a nut job, right? Let's, that's exactly what he, oh, wait, he's, he's made wall holes in his house, you know, and he's, he's coming out in the middle of the night. <laughs> Order some popcorn. This is a great movie kind of thing. The thing is, guys, is that judgment and captivity were no joke. And so the Lord has to go through extreme measures to get their attention. So I did as he was commanded. Notice, I brought out my belongings by day as through going into captivity at evening and I dug through the wall with my hand and I brought them out at twilight and I have them on my shoulder in their sight. You know what? Think about this. It must have been really tough for a prophet. You know, oh, I want to be a prophet. I don't want to be a prophet. He's like, I mean, he's sleeping on one side and he's doing all this crazy stuff. And now he's like, hey, I did it. But the one thing I wrote here, guys, is that, is that Ezekiel was obedient. And obedience to the word of God is key in our lives. Obeying God's word. And in the morning, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, has not the house of Israel, the rebellious house, said to you, what are you doing? Yes, Lord, <laughs> they asked me. And here's what you say to them. Thus says the Lord God, this burden concerns the prince of Jerusalem and all the house of Israel who are among them. Who is it, guys? All of Israel, the prince of Jerusalem. You guys with me? Keep that in mind. This is what it concerns. 
say, listen, I'm assigned to you as I have done, so shall it be done to them. They shall be carried away into captivity and the prince among them shall bear his belongings on his shoulder at twilight, go out and they shall dig through the wall to carry them out through it. He shall cover his face so that he cannot see the ground with his eyes. I will also spread my net over him, and he shall be caught in my snare. I will bring him to Babylon, to the land of the Chaldeans, yet he shall not see it, though he shall die there. Wow, you go, Ben, what is he talking about? He's saying, listen, this captivity, this thing is real. But he says, this is what it concerns. It concerns the princes of Jerusalem. Now, this is how it happened. He's actually addressing King Zedekiah. King Zedekiah was the king of Judah. And exactly how this was happening, he pulled him out. But notice that last area. He says, they covered his face from the wall. This is how they pulled him out. He's being taken into captivity. Okay? And he says, he cannot see the ground. He goes, I'm going to spread my net over him. And he's going to be caught in my snare. He says, God says, I'm going to bring Zedekiah to Jerusalem or, or from Jerusalem to Babylon to the land of the Chaldeans, although he shall not see it, but he's going to die there. How does that happen? You know what they did? History tells us that they gouged out the eyes of King Zedekiah and he actually died. In He never saw it. He was there, but he never saw it. And he died there in Babylon. In Babylon. Here's Ezekiel prophesying. You go, Pastor, can you bring a point out on that? Yeah, you ready? God's word is true. God's word is true. He said, this is what I'm going to do. And he did it. And he did it. I will scatter every wind, all that are around to help him and all his troops. And I will draw the sword after him. And they shall know that I am the Lord. I wonder how many of you are counting how many times he says, and they will know I am the Lord. And when I scatter them among the nations and disperse them throughout the countries, but I will spare a few. Do you remember who's he sparing? Remember the the angel with the linen cloth marking the, the forehead and it was like a cross. It was the Hebrew. He says, I'll spare a few from men with the sword and I'm going to spare them from famine and I'm going to spare them from pestilence that they may declare all the abominations among the Gentiles wherever they go. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Your attention, please. Think about the tribulation. Think about the tribulation. Guys, it's going to be about war. It's going to be about war. It's going to be all about war. It's going to be about famine. There won't be any food. You will have to take the mark in order to buy or sell, and there's not going to be a whole lot of anything. And there's also going to be pestilence. We saw that. We know that they're working on pestilence. We know that there's going to be outbreaks of what? Of, of just health. And you can go home and die, or you can take the mark of this Antichrist, and then we'll give you some medical help. But until then, don't come into our hospital. And it's just like, wow. Wow. He's, I mean, I'm just like, this is, this is lining up. And what the purpose? The purpose is so that, that all of these will happen so people would repent and turn to the Lord. And isn't that really the goal in the tribulation? We're gone. We're up, we're up having filet mignon at the, at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're having a great time. But down here, here's what scares me, church. You have those walking the fence with Jesus, they're not really committed one way or the other. They're left behind, and now they're going to have to face all of these things, and it's not going to be pretty. The Lord says, I'm God. I've always been God. Yeah, Lord, but no, no, no. I need to make a commitment. I need to make a commitment. Verse 17. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, eat your bread quaking and drink your water with trembling and anxiety. Can you imagine? He's like, okay, another visual aid. <sighs> you know, this is how he said, do that. Can you imagine walking out? Okay, Tiffany, you and Adam, we're all, we're all going out to eat after church. 
right? And Timmy's like, hey, we're all going to church. Let's all, we're all going to go to, hey. and here's the pastor. Uh, and they're like, what is wrong with you? I'm eating the bread. Well, here's the point. I think Ezekiel had to be a great actor, don't you? And here's the point, verse 19. And say to the people of the land, thus says the Lord God to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the land of Israel, they shall eat their bread with anxiety and drink their water with dread so that her land may be emptied of all who are in it because of the violence of all those who dwell in it. And again, this isn't good. In other words, what's happening in the land of the judgment, they're so stressed, guys, that they're actually eating like that. I have never been that scared where I was just shaking violently. I've never been that scared, but this is exactly what they're saying. Just this fear and then trembling. The only time my knees ever knocked together was I was nine years old and I was up to bat and I didn't want to disappoint all of my friends. And I, that was a fast pitcher and my knees just knocked and I struck out, but that was all I know. That's about, that's about the, the closest I've come to knocking of knees, but this is deep. Then the cities, look at verse 20, then the cities that are inhabited shall be laid waste and the land shall become desolate and you shall know that I am the Lord. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, what is this proverb that the people have about the land of Israel which says the days are prolonged and every vision fails? Do you guys see that? In other words, here's what they're saying. Time passes and prophecies came to nothing. It's the same thing that we're hearing today. Oh, please, I've been hearing that forever. He says, what are they saying? This is what they're saying in Israel. Oh, please, Ezekiel, man, get a life. Jeremiah, get a life. Come on. You know what? Listen, it's already been, you are saying, no, 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 no. Listen, let me say this. You ready? Jot this down somewhere. God doesn't always settle his accounts right away. God doesn't always settle his accounts when we think he should settle his accounts. All time is past. No, no, no. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. I bet the same people were, 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 were talking about Noah, right? Noah, what are, you, what are you doing? The day's coming, man. Day's coming. Flood's, earth's going to flood. No, 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 no. And, well, no, it's been 20 years. What are you doing, bro? Noah, 40. Noah, 60. Noah, 80. Really? I've grown three beards since then. Come on, Noah. And then eventually what happened? God says, okay, it's time. And he killed every living thing on the earth except those that were on the ark. Verse 23, tell them therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will lay this proverb to rest. Here, I'm going to take care of it, guys, listen. And they shall not use this proverb anymore. That's what's going to happen, right? You're going to hear, we're going to be out of here and people are going to go, oh, we can't say that anymore. It really did happen. It really did happen. Tried calling my sister. He was a Christian. Tried calling my brother. He was a Christian. They're not here. They're not answering. Their phone went to. <gasps> but say to them, the days are at hand and the fulfillment of every. It's coming. For no one shall be there any false vision or flattering divination in the house of Israel. For I am the Lord. I speak the, the word which I speak will come to pass and it will no more be postponed. For in your days, O rebellious house, for I will say the word and perform it, says the Lord God. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, look at the house of Israel saying, the vision that he sees is for many days from now. His his prophecies of times are, are far off. Therefore say to them, thus says the Lord God, none of my words will be postponed anymore. Okay, it's going down. But the word which I speak will be done, says the Lord God. Wow. Chapter 13. Now, note, whenever you have a true prophet, you can always count on having false prophets. Why? Because Satan is the master of the counterfeiter. Keep your mind on false prophets. Chapter 13. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel. What are they doing? Well, they're prophesying. Say to those who prophesy out of their heart. Think about that out of their heart. They're not getting it from God. They're doing it from their own heart. He says, we're, we're going to have a talk. Hear the word of the Lord. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Thus says the Lord God, woe, woe 
woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. O Israel, your prophets are like foxes in the deserts. You have not gone up into the gaps of, to build the wall or the house of Israel to stand on the day of battle. They have envisioned futility and false divination, saying, Thus says the Lord, but the Lord has not sent them. Yet they hope that the word may be confirmed. So they're, they're talking, they're talking, and they're just kind of hoping. Well, I hope. I hope. You know what they used to do to false prophets in the Old Testament? If they prophesied and said, thus saith the Lord, and they were wrong, they would take them out and stone them. They would take them out and stone them. And here, these false prophecies going, why are you guys saying, I haven't, I haven't talked to you? I haven't talked to you. He says, he says, the Lord hasn't sent them, yet they hope, oh, I... Well, I guess you have a one in whatever thousand million chance that it's going to be confirmed. I hope you, I hope you get it right. He says, have you not seen the futile vision and have not spoken false divination? You say, the Lord says, but I have not spoken. You're saying the Lord says, be careful when anyone says, thus saith the Lord. Be careful. It should always match up to his word. We had, we had one the other day that was saying, oh, well, we, we, we're not going to go off the Bible anymore. God's doing new revelation. And we're just going to, and it's like, no, no. Can you imagine? Well, the Lord says, no, the Lord says, I haven't spoken. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have spoken nonsense. Notice that. He says, that, he says your prophecies are nonsense. And envision lies. Therefore, I am indeed against you, thus says the Lord God. My hand will be against the prophets who envision futility and who divine lies shall not be in the assembly of my people, nor written in the record of the house of Israel, nor shall they enter the land of Israel. Then, he says, you shall know that I am the Lord your God. I mean, think about what he's saying, guys. Think about it. He says, listen, you've got these false prophets. Anytime there's a true prophet like Jeremiah and Ezekiel, there's going to be false prophets. What did Jesus tell us in Matthew 24? Jesus told us in Matthew 24, do not be deceived. There's going to be a bunch of people. Even now, even now, you have these AI, artificial intelligence, wanting to rewrite the Bible and take things out that are, that are not pleasing to the people. But not only that, can you imagine if somebody, somebody we respected, somebody we thought was, was created with, a, with an artificial intelligence and then began to speak through video that we thought was truth, and it's not truth. It was never them. Do you realize that through AI and technology, guys, that we could, we could say anything in the world and, and we'd believe it? What do you mean? Well, let's just say Philip decides to send me a video message. And I get this message, and you know, he's, he's recording it, and instead of typing it out on text, he's got a video. And I look at him, and all of a sudden, it's just this, it's, Philip says, I've got a prophecy. The Lord spoke to me, da, 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 da. And it was never Philip. Wow. Wow, Philip's a prophet. He was, he was, he said, if I click on his video, the Lord's going to send me $200,000 in the next 12 minutes. If I share it, got to be careful. Got to be careful. The Lord says, I didn't, I didn't tell him that. I didn't tell him that. Listen, here's, here's a quick thing. It has to line up with God's word. It has to line up with God's word. Number two, God's not going to tell me something that he hasn't already told you. Oh, I've got a word from the Lord. Well, has he told you? No. Oh, God told me that. If God is working, he's going to tell you and he's going to confirm it through other people, not the other way around. You guys with me? Isn't that how silly those, um, those horoscopes work? You'd, you'd find your sign and you'd look down and you'd read the horoscope and what would it be? Yes, that happened to me today. That's exactly right. 
Oh, this must be. And so you get caught up and you read it over and over and over. And every day you're reading your horoscope and, you, and in your mind, you could figure out something that would actually happen. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. When it comes to God's word, guys, it stays in the word of God. Verse 10, because indeed, because they have seduced my people saying peace when there is no peace. And one builds a wall and they plaster it, notice, with untempered mortar. You go, okay, what's he saying? Well, this is deep. Why? Because this is what you call, and you could write this in your Bible here, uh, this untempered mortar is basically false security. It's false security. They're coming in going, no, it's all going to be good. Peace and safety, this is all good. He goes, no, 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 no. That's not what I told them. That's not what's going to happen. These prophets, these prophets, these false prophets are giving a false security. But let's dig a little bit deeper. I said, we have to be careful with false security. Come on, church. False security and salvation. You go, Ben, what do you mean? Well, sometimes there are people who go, listen, I have this false security and salvation because I attend church. I'm a church attender. That's false security. You're not saved because you attend church. Well, what about baptism? Got to be careful with baptism because I've had people come up to me through the years and want to get baptized They feel all the emotions, but they have never received Christ. But they're thinking, if I get baptized, I'm saved. That's a false security. I always have guys in the baptism going, make sure they're saved. They know Jesus because I don't want to give them false security. Another false security is giving money. Oh, if I just give money, then God has to honor me. And here's one. Even serving in ministry can be a false security. There are a lot of good people serving that don't have a relationship with God. Here's the point. Our only security for salvation is a real, authentic relationship with Jesus. That's the only security. You go to bed tonight, is because of who Jesus is, not because of what we do or anything else. Verse 11. Say to those who plaster it with untempered mortar that it'll fall. There'll be flooding rain. Okay, grasp that. There will be flooding rain and you, O great hailstones, shall fall, and a stormy wind shall tear it down. Now, I don't want you to read into this, church, okay? This was not a literal, this was not literal. God is showing how he's going to break down their false security. And I go, why? Because we can read and say, oh, okay, well, I know God's judging San Diego because they were flooding last week. You understand that? And you go, no, no, it it says right here. This is why it's so important that we study the word of God. You see... Again, what's the context? They're the judgment on Israel. And in, this, in the context, he's saying, I'm going to break down their false security. But we can point and go, oh, well, there, must be, there must be some wicked stuff in San Diego because there's just all this light never floods in San Diego. No, be careful. Be careful. Verse 12. Surely when the wall's fallen, it will not be said to you, where's the mortar with which it's plastered? Therefore, says the Lord God, I will cause a stormy wind to break forth in my fury, and there shall be flooding rain in my anger, and great hailstorms and fury to consume it. And I will break down the wall that you have plastered with untempered mortar, and bring, down, bring it to the ground, so that its foundations will be uncovered and will fall, and you shall be consumed in the midst of it. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Thus will I accomplish my wrath on the wall and on those who have plastered it with untempered mortar, and I will say to you, The wall is no more, nor those who plastered it, that is, the prophets of Israel who prophesied concerning Jerusalem, who see visions of peace for her when there is no peace, says the Lord. Remember, these prophets are going, hey, we're going to be out of here in a few days. Don't worry, it's going to be peace. Everybody calm down. Everybody calm down. He's going, no, 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 I'm going to come in, and I'm going to show you that I'm God. There's no, this is false security. You need to put your hope in the Lord. Likewise, the son of man, set your face against the daughters of, the, of the, your people who prophesy out of their own heart. Prophesy against them. So these are, these are women. These are prophecies. No, and now they're saying, thus says the Lord God, woe to the women who sew magic charms on the sleeves and make veils for the heads of the people of every height to hunt souls. Again, this is just wickedness. And you will profane me among my people for handfuls of barley and for for pieces of bread. You're going to profane them for money, killing people who should not die, keeping people alive who shall not live by your lying to my people who listen to lies. 
Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against you, your magic charms by which you hunt souls like their birds and tear them from your arms and let the souls go. The souls hunt like birds. I will also tear off your veils and deliver my people out of the hand and they shall no longer be as prey in your hand and you shall know that I am the Lord. I don't know if you remember this. I'm not sure if it was Adam, but as you walk through Jerusalem, was it Adam? There's these people in Jerusalem that are just like this. They have these little red, these little red strings and they catch you and, and they tell you and they'll tie it on you and they'll say, oh, it's going to be, and I think Adam stayed there and he took the red string. I was like, Adam, no, that's wickedness. That's, that's false. This is exactly what he's saying. They're, they're, it's all part of that. It's all part of that. And our tour guide would say, no, 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 wicked, wicked, abomination, idolatry. And they're just trying to make money. This is what he's saying. But notice verse 22, guys. Because with lies you have made a heart of righteousness sad, whom I have not made sad, you have strengthened the hands of the wicked. Look what you're doing. So that he does not turn from his wicked way to save his life. Therefore, you shall no longer envision futility nor practice divination, for I will deliver my people out of your hands so that you know I am the Lord. Now he's going to, pro- he's going to punish um, idolatry. Chapter 14. We're going to try to make it. Now, some of the elders of Israel came to me and sat before me. Now, he's just prophesied, and now they're coming to him. Let's ask the pastor. And the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, ask these men who set up idols in their hearts and put before them, which causes them to stumble into iniquity. Should I let myself be inquired of all of them? Therefore, speak to them and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, every one of the house of Israel who sets up idols in his heart, that's a good place to underline, and puts what causes him to stumble into iniquity and then comes to the prophet, I, the Lord, am going to answer. Hey, hey, Ezekiel, you don't have to answer. I'm going to answer according to the multitude of his idols. Let's talk about your idols. That they may seize the house of Israel in their heart because of their estranged from me by their idols. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, repent, turn away from your idols and turn your faces from all your abomination. Remember, anything that you and I make ultimate can be an idol, even if it's a good thing. Even if it's a good thing, God has to be ultimate. For if anyone in the house of Israel, verse seven, or the strangers who dwell in Israel and separates himself, from me and sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity, then comes to a prophet to inquire concerning me. I, the Lord, is going to answer myself, and I will set my face against the man, and I will make him a sign and a proverb, and I will cut him off from the midst of my people. Don't do that, guys. Don't go to the Lord. Don't have idol worship and say, okay, let me let me talk to the pastor. Why am why am I not why am I not growing? Then you shall know that I am the Lord. And if the prophet is induced to speak anything, I, the Lord, have induced that prophet. And I will stretch out my hand against him and destroy him from among my people Israel. And they shall bear their iniquity and the punishment of their people shall be the same as the punishment of one who inquired. And the house of Israel no longer stray from me, nor be profaned any more with all the transgression. But they may be my people and I will be their God, says the Lord God." Okay, so here's the point. The goal of all of this is always restoration, guys. God takes this very seriously. He wants to restore. Notice that. He says, listen, I just want them to know that I'm, I'm going to be their God, and I want them to be my people. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, when the land sins against me by, well, how? Persistent unfaithfulness, any land, I will stretch out my hand against it, and I will cut off his supply of bread and famine on it, and I will cut off man and beast from it. Even if these men, who? Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, they would deliver only themselves by their righteousness. Wow, these are heavy hitters, says the Lord. And if I called wild beasts to pass through the land, and they empty it and make it so desolate that no man can pass through that because of the beast, even though these uh, three men were in it, as I live, says the Lord God, they would deliver neither sons nor daughters. They would only be delivered, and their land would be desolate. You know what? I just thank the Lord that our righteousness is found in Him, because He's saying, even if Daniel, Job, they're only going to their own righteousness is going to it's not going to extend to their kids. And I thank the Lord for that. 
Or if I bring a sword on the land, notice, sword go through the land. So he's talking about a sword. I will cut off the beast from it. Even though these three men were in it, I live, says the Lord God. They would deliver neither sons nor daughters, but only themselves would be delivered. Or if I send a pestilence into the land and pour out my fury on it in blood and cut them from man and beast, even though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, says the Lord, they would deliver neither their son nor daughter. They would deliver only to themselves by their righteousness. For thus says the Lord God, how much more shall it be when I send my four severe judgments on Jerusalem, a sword, a famine, wild beast, and pestilence, to cut off men and beasts from it? Yet, behold, there shall be left a remnant who will be brought out, both sons and daughters. Surely they will come out to you, and you will see their ways and for their doing, and you will be comforted concerning their disaster that I've brought upon Jerusalem, all that I have brought upon it, and they will comfort you, and you will see their ways and their doings, and you shall know that I have done nothing without cause and that I have done it, says the Lord God. Chapter 15, very quickly. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, how is the wood of the vine better than any other wood? Vines don't have wood, they're vines. The vine branches among the trees of the forest. If wood is taken from it to make any object, or can men make a peg and form it into any object? Or can men make a peg from it to hang a vessel on? Of course not, it's it's a vine. He says, That's what Israel is. Israel's the smallest. He's a vine. Instead, it's thrown into the fire for fuel. And the fire devours both ends and the middle of it, and it's burned. It's unuseful for any work. Indeed, when it was whole, no object would would be made from it. How much less, notice, will it be useful for any work when the fire has devoured it and it is burned? Therefore, thus says the Lord God, like the wood of the vine among the trees of the forest, which I have given to the fire for fuel, so will I give up the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Very, very illustrative um, scripture. And I will set my face against them, and they will go out uh, from one fire, but another fire shall devour them. And you shall know that I am the Lord, as I set my face against them. Thus I will make the land desolate, because they have persisted in un. Faithfulness, says the Lord God. Father, we thank you tonight. Lord, it's, it's, it's just heavy, Lord. As the Spirit departs from the temple, as, Lord, we learn about the judgment in just these amazing, amazing illustrations. We just thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that our righteousness is found in Christ. We thank you, Lord, that we're being called to repent. We thank you, Lord, that, that Father, that, that you sent your Son, Lord, to take our punishment away. Lord, we're saved, but we want to draw closer to you. So, Lord, I ask that you forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness this evening. Father, we thank you for this overview. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.